0: A mentor of mine once told me, we write to remember, but we remember because we write. So it's very important to be diligent about taking notes while reading. The brain science basically says that when we write, it stimulates our memory first and foremost. So it activates all different parts of our brain that we don't use when we read. Welcome to One Next Step. The most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeeveld.
1: Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm LZ. Today, we're going to talk about a really unique topic, that is how to quickly identify the best content most applicable to you and your organization from business books. Guys, I know we have a ton of them. I've got a stack on my desk right now. Then we want to efficiently implement those ideas into your life and your work. Before we introduce today's guest, let me bring in my co-host for today, the fabulous Amy Appleton, Belay's Director of Marketing.
2: Hey, everyone. I'm pumped to be here today and to introduce you to today's guest, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly is a strategic advisor, investor, and founder of Stroke of Genius. His Stroke of Genius program provides busy leaders with the key ideas to execute from popular business books.
1: Yeah, you've always heard the saying leaders are readers. How many memes and and gifs have been made about that? Well, today Brian is gonna show us why that is so true and how to be extremely efficient in pulling the best information from what you read. This is information that will not only help us as leaders but also help our team members grow too. So, so super important. So, you know what, let's get started with Brian Kelly welcome brian we are so excited that you are here to join us today
0: yeah thank you i'm uh, actually a big fan of the show um i've listened to quite a number of episodes although somehow i've, I've managed to miss the ones that amy's been the host or co-host now you of. have some homework
2: <laughs> you do you have some homework today right after this yeah well,
1: we always love to, to start out with sort of a fun question. So maybe these are questions that, you know, folks who've heard your podcast and, you know, seen, you know, your content before might not know about you. So are you ready? Are you ready for your fun question of the day? Okay. I'm ready. What's one book you wish you had thought of to write?
0: Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, good <laughs> answer. Oh, that is a good answer. Yes.
1: Such a and what a phenomenal
0: story, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the one that kicked it all off and uh, started a, a massive career for J.K. Rowling. So I figured, why not? That would be a great one <laughs> if I wrote that. Maybe I would have had the same success.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you would have a movie empire and a book yeah. empire. Would be great, yes.
1: and a theme park. You you yep, did, right? And a theme yeah. park. And a theme park. I mean, I love theme parks. So that would <laughs> 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 wow. And you know, she's got, such, like I said, she's got such a great story. I always love kind of the underdog. And so I think yeah. when you just hear her talk about her journey, it's uh, so inspiring and encouraging all at
2: the same time. I agree. Yeah. Well, Brian, um, like I said, we are so excited to have you today. Um, you've got some great things that you're gonna share with us. To get started, just tell us about your background and how you got to where you are with Stroke of Genius.
0: Sure. Well, I started my first business when I was in my mid-20s and um, that quickly grew into a seven-figure operation. And later on, uh, you know, down the road, sold that business. And then I went into the software industry. I was an executive at an enterprise software company. And during the time that I was there, we tripled the revenue for that business and then sold it to private equity. So that's kind of the highlights. There's all sorts of nuances and little details I could get into, but they're probably not relevant to our conversation. Um, It's done some really interesting things and been involved in some cool stuff.
1: Yeah, I love that. I'm going to go back and maybe a little off track here, but what was the first business?
0: Yeah, well, before we started recording, we were talking about architecture uh, yeah. in Chicago, which is my hometown. And um, the business that I had, we were the first licensee of the Frank Lloyd Wright Foundation. And actually not the first, we were the, the youngest licensees of the Frank Lloyd Wright Foundation. So we would take uh, designs from their archives that Frank Lloyd Wright you know, had in different houses and create things like home decor products, um, artwork for the walls, um, and stencils. That. We had vases and and all sorts of stuff. Um, and we started with that niche of like Frank Lloyd Wright's kind of the museum world. And yeah. then we launched a few other um, product lines, kind of off the back of that. That were interesting to our Frank Lloyd Wright audience, but a little bit broader appeal. And we ended up in, in stores like uh, Room and Board or Crate and Barrel and like
1: that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We have so <laughs> much to talk about after the show. But that's awesome. That is awesome. And especially coming from, I like how you touched on that. You, it was not your, um, when you started college, this would not be the trajectory that you would have seen yourself on. And so yeah. I think that's probably really resonates with a lot of our listeners out there. I've got a college age son, Amy does as I have well. a daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, And so it's so hard sometimes for people to think, oh, I'm going to go to school to get this one degree and I'm going to do this thing forever. And you kind of took that and said, well, this is what I have my degree in. I don't have the necessary skills I need to kind of go to the next place that I really think that I am best suited for, but I'm going to read and I'm going to learn. And you were such a giver that you said, I'm going to teach other people how to do that. Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah.
0: Well, I get excited. My wife sometimes is like, don't, you're, you're sharing too much information. People don't care about that. <laughs> but when I'm passionate <laughs> about something, I, I love to share. And yeah. um, you know, so it works out really well with, with the program to be able yeah. to help people get to the core of what's going to be most important and relevant to them.
2: Yeah. I also like it because it shows the many journeys that you've actually been on. Right. right? In terms yeah. of, sometimes I think it's easy when someone has a program, you've read a lot of business books. That you're like, oh, okay. But what I hear is there's so much diversity in yeah. your background of the different things that you've done and then being able to apply, knowing that it can apply regardless of the business or the industry that yeah. you're in.
0: That's so true.
1: And, I, and Amy, I think that's why, you know, what, what resonates with both you and I, because that's our background. It's like, right. you know, we try all these different things and yet it makes us such great leaders because we're able to pull from all those different experiences. It's not just one lane that we've always kind of stuck. I um, think that's the the best leaders overall. Yeah, exactly. So, would you be willing to share with us your your three part framework? Yes, <laughs> you said you said your wife always says you share too much. So right now, yeah. don't listen to her. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> share, share, share.
0: <laughs> All right. The framework is really simple. I kind of have it as a three part. Uh, system the first uh, and actually I call it wit which is w-i-t okay uh, you know it's fun I was like hmm. you're
1: a witty guy Witty. witty guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: but you know wit is essentially you know defined as something like mental sharpness which mm-hmm. I thought was appropriate mm-hmm. and so the w in the wit framework stands for writing okay. i is imagery and then the T is basically teaching. Okay. So those are kind of three key actions that as you're consuming content, today we're talking specifically about books, but really any kind of content mm-hmm. is focus on writing, focus on imagery and focus on teaching. So I'm going to break all that down and kind of okay. extrapolate on each of those three parts. Okay. Before actually, before we get into the, the three parts and defining those in more detail, Mm-hmm. I've got this framework. I think I shared this with, with your team, but I have a download that goes through specifically the, the three parts yeah. of the framework. Yeah. So if, if your listeners are, are curious and, and want to have that as a reference tool, it's a PDF they can download and they can awesome. get that on my site at getstrokeofgenius.com forward slash belay.
1: Awesome. Great. Yeah. And I think we're going to link you. that in the show notes as well.
0: Awesome. Yeah, something I created for myself. And um, I keep it close at hand when I'm going through the process of reading a book that I want to really get a lot of the meat extracted from so that I can take action on it. So let's talk about this first part of the framework, which is writing. Writing is super foundational. And that's why it's kind of the first part of this framework. I know a lot of people have talked about this in different different books, you know, other authors have highlighted this. Um, It's become popular kind of on the circuit, so to speak, but it's really important because it sets up the next two pieces, which I'm going to share and are less known by most people. Okay. So a mentor of mine once told me, he said, you know, we, we write to remember, but we remember because we write. So it's very important to be diligent about taking notes while reading. And the brain science basically says that, you know, when we write, it stimulates our memory first and foremost. So it activates all different parts of our brain that we don't use when we read. Mm-hmm. So it engages the brain more fully instead of just partially. And the, the reason is, is that the brain stores information differently so that it's more accessible later.
1: So me highlighting in it in my book is probably not not the right thing. Does that that's, count? <laughs> it, it helps you,
0: so you can go back and write oh, the, the
1: notes oh, based okay, on that. Okay, there. okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> it's part
0: A, part A of a two-part sequence.
1: Okay, okay. Um,
0: but the next thing that's really important is that writing is what they call kinesthetic. Um, so it's really the physical act of moving the pen across the page that makes writing a better learning uh, strategy than just reading alone. Okay. Again, it's tying this idea that the interaction between the brain and the hand helps cement what we're learning.
1: Sure, sure.
0: And then the last thing that brain science has revealed about this is that writing is what they describe as visual-spatial. And this means that we remember where we write. Mm-hmm. We get like this mental image, like this location of specific bits of information that you see on the page when you think about it. You know, in a minute, we'll talk about imagery, but the addition of visual cues, things like icons or shapes or connecting lines, Mm -hmm. all that good stuff, those all create a mental image of the content that we're consuming, that we're reading. Um, So again, that helps make it more memorable, helps it stick in our brain. And it's kind of that first foundational layer that helps us really get the most out of what we're reading, as opposed to, you know, skimming. You know, skimming has its place in a process of reading. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of get a sense for what's coming, see if it's like, is this really even in line with what is important to me? But when you're really trying to get the most out of that content, this first part of writing. So this is kind of a a good example. Close your eyes.
1: Okay. (laughs) And for those of you
0: listening on the podcast, your (laughs) eyes don't need to be closed because you can't see me. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say a few words and visualize these. Mickey Mouse. Ocean Waves. Best Friend. Night Sky. First Love. and ice cream. All right, open your eyes.
1: <laughs> that was quite a trip.
0: <laughs> I know, right? I know. Very, very stimulating uh, words and phrases. But, you know, I'm sure as you were closing your eyes and listening to me mm-hmm. say those words, that images popped in, in- your head for sure. Right,
2: Up- yeah. immediately.
0: Yeah, it's, it's natural for our brain to kind of populate our mind with images that it recalls that it associates with those words. Mm-hmm. And the really interesting thing is that 80% of our brain is actually dedicated to processing visuals. It's immensely important Mm -hmm. uh, for our brain, immensely important for our learning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, if we can accentuate the consumption of content, specifically when we're reading a book by incorporating imagery, that's going to help us further understand and retain that information. So... The first kind of reason that brain science researchers have kind of explained that this is, this is why this is important is that images engage the brain. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think they say that six parts of the brain are dedicated towards being able to, to process a visual, basically. Wow. Um, so simply put, we pay way more attention to visuals than anything else. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that brain science says that we – are triggered or that images basically trigger long-term memory. And the reality is really that it's triggering emotion. So again, you know, those, those words that I gave in that example, like there was probably strong emotion tied to each of those things. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the brain's biologically wired to pay attention to information that has a strong emotional connection. So it just, it wakes up, it pays attention. And when we pay attention, you know, that deepens our learning, that um, embeds it further into our mind. Sure. Now, I did mention earlier the PDF that listeners can download. Right. Yes. Yep. It's actually a visually engaging sketch note, it's a more mm-hmm. polished version than what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually I work with an artist who, um, yeah. who is really good. And so it's a sketch note of the three concepts uh, in the, fr- the WID framework. Great. You know, it's a good example of, of what I'm describing here. It's just very simple images combined with that text. The key ideas that you're distilling, um, you know, from your notes.
1: Yeah. Okay, great.
0: All right. So All right. we've got one more part left.
1: The T. T.
0: <laughs> talking. Uh, I did say teaching before, and teaching and talking are interchangeable. Sometimes I swap okay. those out. And the reason is <laughs> is that the person who does the teaching or the talking is really the person that is learning the most.
2: Learning. Sure. So right. when you
0: think about a teacher, whether, I mean, whether we're talking a classroom environment or even a business setting where maybe you're teaching a skill set to a small group of employees or your team,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know the most about that thing, right? And the more that you talk about it, the more that it becomes ingrained in your brain, which is how you learned it in the first place. But those that are listening, like it's, it's new to them. It's foreign. It's they're like, wait, what (laughs) can you show that again? Uh, I'm not understanding. So that's really the, the, the thing that I encourage a lot of people is flip that around, really think about how you can get those people engaged in what you're teaching them because that will help them. So that's writing that's using imagery and that's talking. So when we, we've, focus on this particular piece of it, you know, the, the thing that is most important to understand is that talking increases the retention. Mm -hmm. Um, so when we're explaining something that we've just learned, for example, this this is kind of similar to what I was saying with writing notes, um, is that we process it three times. It's first when we read it, that's number one. Um, second is when we think about it. And then the third and final pass at it is when we restate it in our own words. So three times we're going through our our comprehension of what that information is. And each step we get deeper and deeper with the comprehension. So how do we talk, right? That's probably the question that's in your mind is great. What's an example of this? Super simple. Like I do this when I, I go with um, my wife on a walk each day. We go for about an hour, hour, 15 minute walk every morning. And I will just kind of relay to her the things that I had just read, whether that be from a book, whether that be from an article or something Mm -hmm. interesting. And it helps me again, internalize, like, what does this actually mean? Can I explain it to somebody else? It it just is like that process of internalizing it, sharing it with somebody else. And most importantly, getting feedback from that other person.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, because then my wife will ask me questions, clarifying questions about like, well, you know, does that mean that such and such? And I'll be like, you're right. Actually, I didn't explain that properly, but yeah, I- that's a good point that you make. Or, you know, it helps me really just kind of bounce that, you know, that kind of volleying back and forth through the conversation yeah. of what this really means. And also getting that, that additional perspective from somebody is really helpful. Mm-hmm.
1: like when I'm learning something new, a lot of times I'll repeat it back, right? Like I heard you saying this, or can I regurgitate that to you? So I know that I haven't missed any details, the process, I've already written it down, but by me, you know, talking to them, I'm also cementing it in my brain as well.
0: Yeah. It's huge. You know, a lot of us do that in, in those certain settings where we're having those conversations, but we don't think to do it when we read.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Again, it's we, we treat reading oftentimes like it's a very passive activity, but these three things combined or stacked together as you're going through reading a book really help undergird the retention that you'll have with that information.
2: Perfect. And that makes so much sense as you're kind of mm-hmm. walking through each of those three pieces of the framework on you know probably all of our listeners are thinking their personal experience in each one of those and then how how it's tying it all back together. So we'd love to hear how does then how does that play forward with Stroke of Genius? So we have the three pieces of the framework. And then, um, you know, our, our audience is, you know, everyone's like, this is fantastic. But when I get to that actionable item, like how do I pull then that actionable item out of the book through the the reading it, the note, the note taking and the the imagery piece?
0: Yep. Well, the great thing is with this framework, obviously anybody can, can use it and apply it. Um, it's incredibly helpful. It's helped, helped me quite a bit over the years um, to be able to take information that I've learned in the book and, and apply it. With Stroke of Genius, we kind of circumvent a lot of that through the program is we basically say, look, here's a distillation of the content from this book. Mm-hmm. By all means, read the book if you don't have time for it, or you're just kind of curious, here's essentially the summary. So it's similar to what you get in a lot of other, you know, book summary type yeah, products or right. solutions. Right. Um, but it gives you like a chapter by chapter breakdown. Like here's the big idea. Here's the key thing from this chapter. Boom, boom, boom. So like in 15 minutes, you can read that, that summary to be like, okay, I, I understand kind of the big concepts of this book. So we make that shorter and easier for Uh, Folks in our program. The thing that is really important beyond that, like that's just kind of like the administrative side of getting the information. Yeah. The next thing that we focus on is saying, look, here's the three to five things that you need to understand from this book, like the concepts that you can take action on. Mm -hmm. We've kind of vetted it out, we've gone through this process of articulating those three to five things. So here's the action steps. okay. And so they can consume that and be like, oh, okay. So in order to implement this concept, this is, you know, step one, step two, step three, or here's the exercise that we go right. through in order to, to think about what does this mean for us? And then the final piece is that we do um, like a facilitated workshop or discussion once a month to create space or, you know, allow time um, margin, you know, everybody kind of describes it a little bit differently, but it's yeah. just like a block of time, 90 minutes, once a month to come together, either, you know, if it's an individual or if a leader is bringing their team mm-hmm. to say, okay, so here's the action items, but like, let's use this time to walk through these exercises and figure out like, is this applicable to us? No, this one's not applicable to us, but the next action item that, or action step that we pulled out. From that particular book, now this is something that's relevant to us. How do we go from not doing it now to okay. implementing it is something that you know within the next thirty days, we could you know actually get some something out of it. So there's a good example. Um, there's a book, I don't know if, if you both are familiar with it. It's called "Who: uh, The A Method for Hiring?" It's by a, no. a gentleman named oh. Jeffrey Smart. It is incredible. for, And I know you guys have really great hiring processes, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs>
1: we like to think we do, yes.
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know, for the entrepreneur or executive that's like, man, we need to hire better. Like, we're doing a poor job at, at finding candidates, filtering candidates. They have a very actionable step-by-step process that they've put together that um, a lot of Fortune 500 companies use. And, and so you know, we would take that and say, look, here's the different pieces, the different action items. And then if you do these things and you work through these exercises to answer the questions for yourself, now, guess what? You've got a really great hiring plan and process, you know, your standard operating procedure to focus on hiring the best people for the role or the right people for the right role is really what it comes down to. You know, that's huge. Like if if you could have something like that that goes from soup to nuts, here's what the concept is. Here's the things you need to know. Here's how to implement it. You know that that's a tremendous value. So that's kind of how we we tackle things through the Stroke of Genius program. I touched upon it a little bit, but the key is once you've gone through the WIT framework of writing using imagery and talking about that content, that will cue you up. To be in a position to really start to tackle those questions of, like, why, what, how, when, you know, those basic, basic questions that we learned in elementary school um, that most journalists kind of write um, their stories around when at least the good ones <laughs> answer those questions. <laughs> those are the things that, if you can answer those questions, that will set you up to be able to take action in a way that's most relevant to the situation that you're in or the end goal that you're seeking to pursue. So in the example of uh, the who book that I mentioned about hiring, Mm -hmm. you know, the end goal would be, we need to improve our hiring process. Yeah. And so you can then be in a great place to be thinking about that when you are fully aware of the concepts and begin to work through what does this mean for us? Excellent. Excellent.
1: Awesome. Well, this conversation has been so, so good. And I feel like there's so much more left to <laughs> talk about, don't you, Amy? I, I do I feel like we got a lot to talk about. So, Brian, would you mind hanging around just a little bit longer? And maybe, maybe that will become a bonus episode, a bonus episode, All right. right? All right. Well, great.
0: <laughs> Sounds good.
1: To hear a clip, subscribe to our email list and we will send you a link to our bonus content or visit onenextsteppodcast.com, where you can find our link in our show notes. Wow, there are very few people who I can say had this much goodness to share. I mean, I really do feel like even after this episode in our future bonus episode, that we could have kept talking to Brian for another three episodes. Do you
2: agree, Amy? (laughs) I completely, I completely agree. The science behind what he was talking about was fascinating. And what I am really excited is to see the note-taking that's imagery. From someone who does stick figures, like I thought that was the piece that that for me was like, oh, because he's right. Because if you can picture an image of something, it really does help it, you know, stick in your mind. So, yeah, uh-huh. I think that was kind of a key takeaway for me, is, like yes. having the opportunity to actually draw out some things and, and what would that, you know, what would that look like? So it was yeah. fascinating.
1: Yeah, the, the whole framework to me, it seems so simple right? But at the same time, it's sort of mind blowing. It's all the things like when I say myself that I feel like I'm more of a visual learner. Um, that's why it's hard for me to listen to audiobooks because I really need to feel like I need to see the words on the page. And like you said, with his science, right. he kind of validated what I he feel. He really did. Yeah. He absolutely did. hundred
2: percent. And you're an avid reader. So yeah, Yeah, Yeah. so
1: I can like, sometimes what I'll do is I'll start a book and the physical copy and then I'll go listen to it. Like if I'm in the car, but here's the funny thing. Okay, listeners, I want to tell you something really silly about me and please no judgment. I will go back to the parts of the book I listened to and like highlight Because again, I know that I won't retain it if I don't go back and listen to the words and kind of capture those key moments that stuck out. It saves me time listening to the audio portion, but I find I don't retain it unless I go back and look at the words. Oh my (laughs) gosh, I I just admitted
2: that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's bad. I go back and listen to that. I try to hunt in my audio books for the chapter that I couldn't remember the main point from and have to, you know, listen to it again. So. Right.
1: No, so, so good. Well, guys, you know, as always, and we have talked about it a lot in this episode, we have a fantastic download for you so that you can take your one next step. This week's download is from Brian and his team at Stroke of Genius to help you get the most out of the content you read. And it recaps the entire wit framework he shared with us
2: during this episode. Yes. And if you want to text the phrase one next step to three one nine nine six or visit one next step and you will get access to today's resource and it will help you get moving forward.
1: That's right. So thank you guys so much for joining us until next time. Lead wisely and lead well. Start by making today count. Tune in next week for our conversation with Sherry Riley, a life strategist and empowerment speaker who is committed to helping high performers stop spending 100% of their time on 10% of who they are. You heard me right. If you've reached a certain level of success but still feel like something's not right, then this episode is for you. Take a listen to our talk with Sherry. This narrow definition of success. How many zeros do I have in my bank account and how many commas do I have between those zeros? What are the letters before my name and what are the letters behind my name? That narrow definition of success is robbing us of our peace, of our joy, of our happiness, of our marriages, of our relationships with our children. When our children are 16 and won't talk to us, when we get to those critical moments and we go, oh my God, is this really happiness?
0: Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit OneNextStepPodcast.com.